Welcome to the Modern Carnivore Podcast, a guide for those interested in hearing more about hunting, fishing, and other paths to eating more responsibly. Now, here's your host, Mark Norquist. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Modern Carnivore Podcast. This is Mark, and today I am joined by my friend Todd Waldron. Todd, how are you doing? Hey, Mark. I'm doing great. How you been? Doing well, doing well. Um, well. You and I haven't talked in a while here. It's been you know a busy few weeks, and uh, I'm trying to remember the last time we we caught up. But I know in the interim here, since people probably heard you last, you actually uh, have had some changes. You you started. Uh, you went back to school. I did, and yep. uh, and you also took a new job, a new day job, right? I did. Yeah, I did. It's been an exciting month over the last three or four weeks. It feels like a lot longer, but I am incredibly excited to say that I am now working with Rough Grouse Society, American Woodcock Society in the Northeast, uh, working from home. And uh, my role is uh, the Northeast Forest Conservation Director. So working with a great team, working with great chapters, uh, and our mission is to promote habitat diversity and landscape diversity for not only rough grouse and woodcock, but all forest obligate species um, that, that benefit from habitat diversity. So I'm excited. It's been an incredible adventure. Uh, the team is wonderful, and I'm learning every day. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful organization. You know, we've been fortunate enough to do some things uh, with RGS over the years. and and uh, each time there's something new that comes out, I'm impressed with with the direction it's going and with a lot of new leadership um, that's really bringing some energy to the organization. So I'm I'm really excited for you and in this new role, and uh, I'm sure you're you're doing a lot right now to get up to speed with everything. Yeah, certainly am. Uh, lots of just outreach and lots of partnership building and just catching up to speed. It's a great organization and they're really all about forest conservation and, and wildlife and the intersection of all of that and sustainability. So I'm incredibly excited to see where this is going. We have a, a great team and Ben Jones has a wonderful vision and he's inspiring to work with. And uh, we've got some stuff going on uh, that, that, you know, I think we're really going to make a mark here over the next few years and make a difference for habitat. And there's a need for it, uh, you know, uh, with rough grouse in the east, populations have declined 50, 60 percent over the last couple of decades because of, uh, because of declining habitat conditions, quite frankly. And so um, some of the work we're doing is to remedy that. And to not only benefit them, but a lot of other species as well. Yeah, and if people want to check out more about uh, RGS, what's what's the website? Yeah, it's roughgrousesociety.org. Org. Uh, so check that out. There's some great blogs, and you know you can you can go online, and uh, there's just a whole bunch of resources on the website. Yep. And we had Ben Jones, uh, uh, your boss, your new boss, on the uh, on the podcast last year, and so we'll put in the show notes uh, a link to that other episode in case people want to listen to that and learn about the direction Ben's taking the organization. And obviously, you'll hear more from Todd in uh, in the coming months and years, and and all the great things the organization is doing. So. That's uh, that's exciting stuff. But um, to today's conversation, this actually is is a, a conversation that you and I had with Allie Jutine quite a while ago. It was about a year ago. And uh, this is one of those podcasts that's been sitting on the shelf. And due to a number of reasons, we just didn't have time to get it into the lineup. And we're finally getting it out there. And it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a it was a cold, uh, cold, wintry day in Duluth when we caught up with her at the Bent Paddle Brewery. It was. It was. And it was such a great conversation. Uh, I was so excited to meet Allie. You know, I had been following her on social media before it came out to Pheasant Fest. And so I don't know how I found her on Instagram, but I had just been following her for a while. So to actually sit down and roll a podcast with you and her up in Duluth 
you know, out of that weekend of so many other great things too, uh, I was, I was thrilled about it. I can't wait to hear the conversation again. Yeah. You know, she's, she's an interesting person. Um, for those who uh, have their phone nearby, you can look her up on Instagram. Allie up North is her, is her handle. And, um, the thing I've always liked about Allie is she and I connected a number of years ago. She'd reached out and, and uh, she's obviously right here in Minnesota, but I think, you know, what she does is brings forward, um, uh, an image of somebody who is very passionate about the outdoors and all aspects of it, but it's also not the only thing that defines her personality. And she talks about that a little bit in our conversation. And, uh, you know, she lives on, on a farm, uh, that I believe her husband's family has had for a long time and they raise, uh, beef cattle. And, and, uh, and so it's, a, it's interesting because up in that area of the country, um, you know, there's not a lot of, a lot of farms like that. It's, it's rocky, hilly country like you have in, in upstate New York. And, uh, and so she's got a, I think a really interesting story that people will, will like to hear. Yeah, I think so too. And I've always been drawn to her and her social posts. And I like the way that I, I think you're spot on, uh, you know, she's a great ambassador for hunting. She talks about, being an ambassador for women and for doing some like some hunting workshops and archery. Um, but I like her, I just like her family style uh, Instagram posts too. You know, I, I just like, it's like <laughs> she's real and I like following her and it's cool to see what she's up to up there in Duluth. So uh, yeah, it was a fun conversation that day. Yeah, you know, and, and and I think the point she brings up, which is really uh, a valid one, is you know, for her personally, she likes to draw women into the conversation. Uh, she had this um, uh, HCC Outdoor Connect uh, program uh, a few years ago or last year, where it was a grant based program to get people outside, and and I think she has you know, as far as a niche, does a lot of things with women and archery, and recognizes that. You know, if you can get women involved, if they're if they've got families, that can be very powerful. Because if uh, if the wife or the mom is is going out hunting, a lot of times the rest the rest of the family is going along too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I definitely. think it's a good point. Yeah, it was. That's a great point about that too. And and uh, and and not only hunting, but just outdoor lifestyle in general, right? So getting out and living through the seasons and maybe hunting snowshoeing you you see Allie out there with her social posts uh she's ice fishing she's just you can tell that uh she really loves the outdoors and she's passionate about it and she i think she does a great job demonstrating that through her stories and through her approach to her her just her way and her social uh you know her social channels yeah yeah no absolutely well, um, why don't we jump into it? And then uh, you get, you got anything planned for the weekend? The weekend's coming up here. Are you going to get outside at all or are you going to be studying? Well, I've been studying a lot. I'm studying sustainability at Virginia Tech virtually right now. And there, there's a whole conversation in itself. It's a fascinating topic, but it's exhausting trying to solve the world's problems every Saturday morning. So <laughs> I think, uh, I think I'm going to try to get out ice fishing. You know, the ice is good right now. It's uh, we've got ice, the fish are biting. Uh, I want to get over to Lake Champlain and catch some perch. And so maybe Sunday we'll see what the weather is. Uh, but we still have four or five weeks of good fishing conditions here and I'm going to get out. So that's uh, that's great to hear. Yeah, I'm gonna tomorrow morning. I'm gonna head out to uh, a lake not too far from home here and take Matt, who's been doing a lot of work with us here on the podcast behind the scenes. I'm gonna take him out spearing along with Tony Jones, the Reverend Hunter, uh, and uh, so that's gonna be and and a buddy of his. So it'll it'll be fun. The ice is really thick now, so it's gonna be challenging to get those big blocks out up on the uh, up on the surface. But uh, but we should have fun because we're closing in here in the end. We don't we don't we've probably got a little over a week, and then uh, houses have to be off the ice at the end of February here. So it's closing into the end of the season. Yeah, closing in. The winter went fast, and uh, that sounds like so much fun. I can imagine that those big blocks of ice are 
challenging to get out, especially with the weather you've had here over the last couple of weeks. Uh, but I, I'm sure that's going to be fun. You know, Tony is one of my favorite people. I love his podcast <laughs> and he is so articulate and he has great conversations. So uh, I'm kind of envious. That sounds like a great trip. Yeah, you know, we've got we've got a podcast he and I recorded a couple months ago. Hopefully we'll get it out quicker than this one with Allie. But a uh, great conversation just on the spirituality of of hunting, things like that. So uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, Todd, have a great weekend. And everyone else, enjoy this conversation with Allie Jutine. Hey, everyone. This is Mark. Welcome to the Modern Carnivore Podcast. We're coming to you from Duluth, Minnesota today. Uh, at the Bent Paddle Brewing Tap Room, which I have not been to this new one. This is their new one, I think, just opened last year. And it's a beautiful winter day outside. Just finished doing some hare hunting up the shore, up near Two Harbors, with Todd Waldron, who is here today with me. Glad to be here, Mark. It's so Todd good. is from New York. I am. For those of you who uh, are not familiar with Todd, we haven't had you on the Modern Carnivore podcast before, or this have is, we? This is my debut in Minnesota and my debut on the Modern Carnivore podcast. This is awesome. So Todd is the host <laughs> of a very uh, separate but related, very new podcast called The Outdoor Feast. Check it out if you have a chance. And also today, joined by Allie Jutine. Hi, everyone. Great to have you here. Thanks for having me here today. You and I have been talking about doing a podcast and doing some things for a long time. And uh, we've talked about trying to find times when either you're down in southern Minnesota or I'm up north, and it's finally working out. So I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I don't make it down to the cities very often. So this is great that you guys were coming up to hare hunt. Absolutely. So, um... I'm really looking forward to talking about all the different things you're doing. You're doing so many things outside um, and with the outdoors and with hunting and, and other things. And so I'd maybe like to start with, with having you share a little bit about your HCC Outdoor Connect. Okay. Yeah. So HCC Outdoor Connect, it, um, HCC is Hermantown Community Church. So it's through a church, actually. And it's an outdoor program that... Um, basically came to fruition through a grant from the Minnesota DNR. So um, we applied, me and a a friend of mine applied for this grant um, to start a program um, that was a community-based outdoor program. And the specifications for the grant were to be, you know, the money was to be given to a faith-based organization. So it was a very perfect fit. and I agreed to be the, basically to run the program. So um, we got the grant and we had enough money to buy 10 mission bows all set up for hunting and everything, um, you know, with rests and sights and all the things that you need to, you know, actually shoot. Um, we had Faradine Outdoors. Um, they're actually based in Superior. They make true fire releases. They gave us some releases. Um, and Eros Carbon Express. So we got all set up for for hunting, basically. But um, the class itself was to teach the basics of archery. So I became a um, USA Archery Certified Instructor. And um, just we did 13 weeks of classes, basically. So I started off with just teaching basics, safety. Um, There's a lot of, like, safety things that we went through and each class was only an hour long because we wanted to make it um, doable for like after work after school we had kids from the ages of like seven to adults that were in their like 60s Um, mostly women there were um, maybe two littler boys and then one dad with his daughters you know so there was really only less than a handful of of men and then the rest were women which was I think partially to do with how I marketed it you know as being a female and a female instructor so it seemed maybe more open for women to want to join so um, I think that was also the goal of the DNR too <laughs> right, <laughs> they yeah. wanted one of their goals with R3 is to get more women involved um, and women are kind of decision makers in families especially young families i mean if a if a guy 
if our dad is going to go hunting or go shoot, he might, he easily could go on his own and, and his wife and kids can easily do something else, you know, but if the mom's like, we're all going to go shoot archery, then everyone's going to go shoot archery. You know, it's, I don't know. That's, that's kind of the thought process. Um, so basically the, the courses were archery and then we had, um, hunting classes as well. So, um, we had, we, we taught about, um, I had guest speakers come in too. Oh, you did? Okay. Yes. So I had a DNR officer come in one day and we did a Q and A and just to basically help people get to know what the DNR does and any questions they, they might have, whether or not I had it open. So if you signed up for the hunting courses, you went to the hunting classes. And then if you didn't, you went to archery. Okay. So, so there was a dual path. Yeah, there you was didn't a dual path. Okay. There was also a fishing path, but there was less people in fishing, especially because of the time of year. It was kind of a after summer between, like there was no ice yet. So it, it, there was one fishing class, okay. but otherwise yeah. it was mostly hunting and yeah. archery. Um, we had... Um, a guy named Alex Comsock come in. He owns or he operates a website called uh, Deer or gosh, Whitetail DNA. Okay. So he came in and he talked about how to um, basically how to scout and find a spot to hunt. So which was very you know interesting for some people that like where do you even start if you're right. you know once yeah. you have all the things that you need to do like what. Where do you actually go or what do you look for? That kind of thing. So he taught a class on that. Um, we had, on the archery side, we had an archery engineer, um, Matt Haas. He works for Faradine. He, he designs, like, all the best stuff at Faradine, basically, the, tr- the releases and all that. So he came in and he talked about, basically different types of releases, what you'd use them for, if you're a target archer, if you want to go hunting, you know, different arrows and arrow weights and like all the things that you, you don't, it's super valuable because you don't just get that kind right. of information at, you know, on your own no, unless absolutely. you're seeking it out. Yeah. So, yep. um, we had a class on that. We also had, um, the Chelstrom's is the archery range that we went to and they're also a certified processor. So we really? had that's yeah. an interesting combo. Well, it's it's if you think about it, it's pretty pretty uh good combo because they sell bait, they have an archery shop, and they it's northern Minnesota, you know. <laughs> yep. So and they <laughs> yeah. are a processor. That's great. So they taught a class on how to break down a deer basically, and they showed the different cuts of meat, that kind awesome. of thing. And yeah, awesome. it was fascinating because it's it's I'm in this room. You know, watching, and I've something I've seen a lot. I've done it a lot, processing your own deer. But for some people to see it for the first time, it's like, this is, this is just, it smells kind of weird in here. You know, like right, it yeah. doesn't smell right. Or, yeah. you know, like you smell that for the first time. You're like, oh, but then you get used to it and then you see it. I am, um, one of my friends actually took the class and she and I have known each other since kindergarten. And she, um, she didn't sign up for the hunting course. She just did archery, but she's she was interested for some reason in seeing the processing part. I'm like, okay, so come on. You're welcome to come. Like, I didn't care if people wanted to cross over. Right. Um, so she came, and she was so fascinated. And also, like, she's, like, trying to go more natural with a lot of things and in her life. And um, she's like, I thought that it was going to make me, like, grossed out and, like, not want to hunt. But it, like, was the exact opposite. It was, mm-hmm. it was, like, knowing exactly, like, where that meat's coming from and, like, just being able to, you know, this is, you cut it yourself. Like, this is a cut of meat. You did it yourself. Like, how right. cool is that? And right. she's like, it actually made me want to start hunting. I mean, she has a long ways to go because... Right. You know, but it was, that was really cool. I was that's like, huh, really, I've known you for, love, forever that. and you've never been interested, yeah. but now you're like, huh, I see. Yeah. I see now. Yeah. Even yeah. if she doesn't actually take it up, it's cool that her perspective shifted. Yeah. Absolutely. So. No, it, I think it is surprising how that can draw people in. Mm-hmm. So it's sort which of backwards. Which is what you guys so, do, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which sort of, it doesn't seem logical, but it is. I, I mean, it's exactly what people what people are sort of drawn to is understanding that connection to what is on their plate. Mm-hmm. So that's that. I love hearing that. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, and, you know, again, there was a lot of archery, and I think that's like a hot 
hot ticket like yeah, archery yeah. in general i just i just recently like wrote an article about a diff- different archery program and as far as like the research goes 2012 to now i think archery has gone up like participants has gone up like 20.9 wow. percent or something yeah that's a which lot. is huge it's huge but you know yeah. what else came out in 2012 hmm. the movie's brave yeah. yeah the tv show arrow yeah, yeah. um you got, you got the, the whole like, the movie, the, the movies, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hollywood, basically. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Hunger exactly. Games the came Hunger out Games, in 2012. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so all these things, you know, kind of, in so, it, like they helped it. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. in some ways. Yeah, um, absolutely. But Hollywood can do good and bad, I suppose, <laughs> when it comes to that. But <clears throat> that's what I think, at yeah. least. Yeah. So. So did you? have any type of a specific hunt or did everybody just go out on their own so we have not had a specific hunt because it ended right before christmas okay so there was really like the timing of the program i if i would have organized the timing i probably would have done it differently that wasn't my piece though right i just was there to teach class i i did everything but the you know Mm -hmm. timing i suppose yeah um so if I would have done it differently, I might have done it in the summer to fall or something yeah, like that. Yeah, but yeah. Um, my plan on my own is to keep the people that were on that list, my email list for that were in the class, to potentially do something for Turkey in the spring or... You know, that's a, that's one goal. Yeah, tur- yeah, yeah. Like something turkey related because I also feel like turkey hunting is like a gateway. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, like yeah. bird hunting in general. To me, um, maybe, I don't know, it feels a little less... No, there's like, yeah. there's something it, it, to be said it, about bird hunting, I guess. And it's a great time of year to get out yeah. too. It's coming out of winter, mm-hmm. right? The spring, you know, for turkey season. It's, a, you know, everybody wants to get out in the woods. Uh, it's a wonderful time to be out. And you can do it in a few hours, like in the right. morning, like with what you're saying with bird hunting. I think you can do it like with hare hunting this yesterday, a couple hours in the afternoon. We were up here like three o'clock and then boom, you're doing it for a couple hours and then it's not committing mm-hmm. a whole weekend or a whole day. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's intimidating, you know, to be like, oh, I'm going to go out. Like deer hunting is awesome, but I could see how it could be intimidating in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know? No, it's 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 interesting because, I mean, there's a lot of different perspectives on it, I think, in terms of um, whether that should be the first hunt or not. It, it, in a lot of programming, it actually has become the first hunt. But in some some respects, I, I think it's it can be a disservice because it's so involved. Um and it's also it's it's a lot easier to look a turkey in the eye than a deer in the eye, and yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I think that you know. But that being said, people are drawn to deer hunting. You know, they they, they are for whether it's whether it's the volume of meat you get out of out of uh, a hunt, or just the popularity of it being the most popular type of type of hunting. Who knows? But. Um, I think it's. I think it really comes down to just making sure that people have options, and then they can choose, self-select into what they want. Yeah, absolutely. I know some people that like bird hunting, like goose hunting, duck hunting, that type of hunting more than like deer, just because it's social. Yeah, it's exactly. super social compared exactly. to yep. you know, kind of sitting by yourself and silent and yep. Yep. You know, doing all the things to not be seen. So and that is the beauty of it. I mean, waterfall very social, captive audience right close. You know, upland hunting, out walking and beautiful fall day, mm-hmm. um, deer hunting, sitting out by yourself in a tree freezing. (laughs) There's solitude in that too. I mean, sometimes you need that. That is like a therapy. Yeah, absolutely. That's how you solve my problems, you know. Absolutely. Out there in the deer stand. (laughs) Don't have someone chirping or making a duck call in my ear. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So talk a little bit about, um, you know, Alley up north as a as sort of a persona that you've got out on you know on social media because that's how you and I met originally was in terms of that and so like what do you what are you trying to do with that and how does that connect into the things like this program etc. First of all, that's funny that you say that because I went on a women's fishing trip a couple weekends ago and and last year and 
and the girls were like, Allie up north. They were referring to me as my and Instagram <laughs> name, and I'm like, yeah. we're past that, guys. Like, right, right. Yeah. But we're just we're like friends. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's fine. Um, so th- that's kind of funny. But that name actually came before I thought about personal branding. It wasn't um, an intentional, like, I want to get, you know, I want to do this mm. thing. Like, yeah. do this blogging and Instagram thing. It was more... I had like a silly like A L M R I nine eight seven or something like, you know like I couldn't I don't know it wasn't a real screen name it was like nothing you know yeah, like yeah it's sure. just like oh I'd rather have like something that's you know when you think of a name you really it sticks you know so I like oh Allie up north because you know I live in northern Minnesota and. You know, some people, when I get excited, I do have that accent, you know. I was going to say the way because, <laughs> so, you know, I live in up northern yeah, Minnesota. You know. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so um, it, it's really, that's just who I am, you know. And Allie yeah. has always been a nickname. My full name is Alicia. Okay. Which not a lot of people know, I guess, maybe. Um, but <clears throat> my uh, husband's sister's name is also Alicia. Her middle name is also the same as mine, and her last name is also the same as mine. So, um, it just—it's always been a nickname, Allie. And it was even before I got married that I—I I had that name. But yeah. it just kind of solidified that ev- going forward, my like writing name, everything was going to be Allie, just because I don't want to be confused yeah, with sure. right. my sister-in-law. Right. Yeah. Right. So, right. Exactly. Yeah. So, how did that spring out of like? Uh, you growing up up here, so you grew up in in the in Hermantown near Duluth. Yeah. Um, did you grow up hunting? Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, my family is big hunters. The women, not so much. Yeah. So. Yeah, traditional um, structure. Yeah, maybe. we had a more traditional structure, and whether that was intentional or not, I know my oldest sister. My, we had four ki- four kids in my family, so I'm the youngest. Okay. Three girls and a boy. So my oldest sister and brother kind of got most of the time with my dad hunting. And then by the time I came around, I got to go hunting with him, but it was, I don't know. I feel like your patience kind of runs out. So if you have kids, I love my dad and it wasn't intentional, but, um, I was the fourth kid. So, um, I got to go. Get a little tired by that point. Yeah. 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 So, (laughs) so like I was in sports and dance and all the things that uh, the kid wants to do you know um and also decided when i was 11 like i'm going to take my gun safety and firearm safety okay yeah i did took my hunter safety when i was 11 and got it so i could go hunting with my dad and it was at that time like i'd always seen hunting but it was like i wanted like i was a daddy's girl like hardcore so i wanted to spend time with my dad and it wasn't like i even really like I understood what hunting was, but it was like more about that. Yeah, to be with my spending time yeah, with spending your dad. T- and I always like, mm-hmm. I always like thought of myself as like a wood woodland child. Like I was always outside barefoot. Like always an outdoor girl. But the hunting piece, I actually why I took firearm safety was thinking back, probably because I just wanted to spend time with my dad. Yeah. So yeah. you know that it's really you could. I guess you could call me maybe reactivated into hunting, although I grew up with it. Right. I had gone hunting, um, you know, a little bit of bird hunting, a little bit of squirrel hunting was like my absolute favorite as a kid, like, cause it's spot and stock, you right, know, right. like yeah. that, if you want to get a kid into hunting, I would suggest squirrels. There you <laughs> like, go. That yeah, was exactly. so much fun. Or my, an adult. Or an mm-hmm. adult. Or an adult. Yes. Um, my cousin actually was the one that took me, my cousin Phil, he has my podcast with me or he was on that podcast um and he took me when I was 12 and so that's that's what kind of got me like hooked on it and then I went to college and I picked up a bow and that's when I got back into hunting because shooting a bow is just a lot of fun it's just like one of those things where you don't have to invest a lot like I bought like a $200 $200 bow it was yeah, used yeah. all set right, up and everything right. cheap arrows cheap release at the time yeah and uh, yeah I just you can just shoot and shoot and shoot and yeah. unless you break an arrow you can just continue going right, so right 
that's what kind of got me back into hunting was archery yeah. because it was fun to do. And then I started dating my now husband and he's a big hunter. Yeah. So maybe that's a classic story. Maybe not, but, yeah. um, it was something that he did. And I'm like, Oh, I, I grew up doing this. Like I'm a hunter. Like I consider myself a hunter, even though I hadn't hunted a lot since I was a kid. You yeah, know what but I'm it was saying? part of your identity. It yeah. was a part of my identity. So I'm like, yeah, I'm a hunter. Like, yeah. we're going to go hunting. But he taught me a lot. Yeah. So So do you two go hunting together now? We don't hunt in the same stand. Okay. But yes, we do hunt at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, if we go bird hunting, yeah, we're together. Um, goose hunting and like waterfowl and stuff. We do hunt together. The yeah. last time we actually hunted together in the stand, deer hunting is when he proposed to me. So that was... <laughs> How cool. We yeah. don't actually hunt together, but he had already shot a deer. So he's like, oh, I'll sit with you. And I didn't think it was weird because he had already shot his deer. And I'm like, yeah, yeah come on yeah. and sit with me. He fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. He was thinking through everything yeah. to make yeah. sure he yeah. hit it all clear. Yeah. He just, he slept for like an hour. <laughs> that's, that's some of my best sleeping is in the deer stand. <laughs> yeah. Before you propose to your girlfriend though. <laughs> yeah. He wakes up and he's like, oh, do you see that deer over there? And I'm like, I've been awake this whole gosh darn time. And you see a deer? I don't see any deer. And he was just like getting ready. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, right. I'm like looking and I wouldn't look at him. I wouldn't look at him because I was like so mad, but I didn't know he was like going to propose. <laughs> you didn't know that that's yeah. always coming. <laughs> no, no, no. So I finally, I like, he's like, oh, it's gone. It's gone. I'm like, I don't see him. And I was so mad. And then finally I turned around and he's like, will you marry me? He whispered it because we're deer hunting, you know, <laughs> he whispered it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Obviously he's on his knee and there's a ring. And then he goes, did you hear me? I said, will you marry me? I said, no. But yes, I will. <laughs> Ask me later. Yeah. <laughs> so that was great. He wanted to continue hunting after, and I'm like, I'm not hunting now. I got to go tell my family. Exactly. Yeah, you know, that's, but, I was yeah. just talking about that the other day with someone who got engaged, and I said they they were talking about how they didn't realize that no once you ask this question now we start planning that we don't start planning next week we start planning now now yeah. like right now <laughs> like, <laughs> like i love hunting but i just got engaged i mean that's a big deal that's a big deal <laughs> so anyways i kind of digress there but that's we don't good. hunt together like all the time except for like that and uh yeah, I mean, yes, it's something that we do together and we shoot together and all that kind of thing, all that stuff. So oh, That's great. Hey, this is Mark, and I just want to quickly thank you for listening to the podcast and also tell you about one of our partners, Sitka Salmon Shares. This company is like a vegetable CSA, except for it's completely focused on wild-caught Alaskan fish. So here's how it works. You pre-order your share of the harvest for the upcoming fishing season, which is April to December. And then this determines how much they're going to target in their catch for the season. Result is each month you'll get your share of the catch delivered right to your doorstep. This is about four and a half to five pounds of fish. So here's what I love about this company. These are real independent small boat family fishermen. Check out their stories and videos on their website. You know, it's it's not a multinational corporation with staff who are on a factory boat processing the fish. These are small boat fishermen. And they're focused on responsibly catching these fish, both from the methods they use, which nearly eliminate bycatch, to targeting the right species at the right time so that they can sustainably manage the fishery up there. And the result is some of the best quality fish you could get anywhere. So go to sitkasalmonshares.com and use the code modcarn 25 on checkout and you'll get $25 off your premium share for the upcoming fishing season. Again, just enter modcarn 25 on checkout at sitkasalmonshares.com. So you grew up in that way, reactivated. That's awesome. Alley up north, persona you created. What do you What do you want to do with like with that, and and how does that translate into things that you're planning? You know, in the near future here. Like, what 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 have you got? What have you got planned? 
I think like the alley up north, that persona. I mean, it is me, and I I I've been trying really hard to try and get it so I'm not portraying myself as something I'm not. Right. I said right. that kind of weird, but. Like the authenticity yeah, part I, I of things. Yeah, I want to be authentic. And so, yes, I am a hunter and I'm an outdoors woman, but I also am other things. So I show other pieces no, of my life as well because I don't think that anyone is one-dimensional or two-dimensional or whatever, um, that there's a lot of different things. And, I, and I'd and i rather have people following me for, you know, like the whole picture yeah. versus because mm-hmm. I cannot hunt every day of my life. Yeah. Especially yeah. now with a daughter, with, you know, I have other hobbies and things too. Yes, I... Um, you know, if it, some people like try to focus everything, like I can understand uh, your modern carnivore, you have a very focused thing. But if for me, it's personal branding, so it's me. Right. So if I'm not yeah. showing a little bit more to myself than just my hunting stuff, then it's not authentic and it doesn't feel good right. either. Right. So I've kind of battled with that with social media where it's like these types of posts get more attention sure. versus this is really me and apparently it's not getting as this doesn't get as much attention but a lot of that you can't take personal because it's algorithms it's It's completely not a personal thing it's just you have to like build up to like so like Eva Shaki she's a lifestyle influencer in my opinion she's a hunter but she doesn't really show a lot of hunting right Mm -hmm. right so I'd not that I want to be exactly like Eva Shaki but I'd rather be more well-rounded than um just showing kill shots or you know like things just hunting related so yeah um more of a lifestyle as someone who lives up north and has family and has some farm life has you know Mm -hmm. a little bit of everything so let's talk about that because that's that's the thing i mean i've always liked your authenticity with with that in terms of when you do post things out there it, it is you um and it is diverse so talk a little bit about uh, the farm and the cattle and and that because that ties very much into why a lot of people are are drawn to the things that we talk about which is eating meat responsibly which is knowing where your meat's coming from etc so yeah it's funny you ask that because we just got a delivery of beef like two days ago from our farm so um yeah so i i haven't personally bought beef uh, gosh I think the first time I ever bought meat was in college. I was, I, this is just kind of a side yeah. note. I haven't really bought meat in general, except for one time in college, because I needed to make something. Usually I would just go home and get some venison from my dad, you know, yeah. or, mm-hmm. or yeah. just get, you know. Um, so, but beyond that, um, now that I'm living on a beef cattle farm, we have beef galore, basically, right. that, um, we know exactly where it com- comes from. We have, um, we also have some um, pig, and so I have bacon and pork and like all all the things. So, yeah. pig and beef is we don't buy. If I have chicken, I do have to buy that because I don't have chickens. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so where we live, we have probably it varies because. Uh, of births and births calves it's calving season right now so i don't know how many there's maybe 200 head and then um they sometimes get sold to different farms too so it fluctuates a little bit um so yeah but they are free range um cattle grass-fed um they're not organic certified organic but um pretty much as organic as you can get just not the qualifications i guess yeah whatever yeah. right exactly you need yeah, for that yeah. so so that's part of your lifestyle which i think is is cool if, like you said from the standpoint of of you don't buy meat you you get it through those two primary methods right hunting and and right from the family farm um what are you what are you doing with uh with empower outdoors empower what, outdoors yeah, yes yeah um so Empower Outdoors is um, something that started as a podcast. So Empower Outdoors podcast, um, I think it started over a year ago um, or more. I don't know. It's It's been like a year and a half. Um, it's then kind of morphed into um, the name for my business, which I do like marketing for small businesses that are within the outdoor realm so kind of the the idea is you know the podcast is to empower people to get outdoors with 
you know, talking about different topics that are outdoor related to try and, you know, encourage and inspire and educate people to get out there. Um, that my business portion is helping small businesses, like empowering small businesses with their marketing to succeed in this industry. Um, and then my next thing is my website, um, empoweroutdoors.com, which has not launched yet, but is going to be launching in the next, um, quarter. (laughs) So, um, but that is going to be, um, my podcast will be on that site plus, um, different articles and videos, um, how to videos mostly. Um, one example would be like, if, if it's archery related, like how to pick your first bow, I get that question, like, what bow should I buy? Like what, like for your first bow, I've gotten that question like 10 times. Like I've gotten it so many times, um, that I might as well (laughs) provide a resource about it, you know? So, um, just kind of answering questions that new hunters might have, or even just people getting into archery or getting into shooting sports, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, a lot of video and cool yeah podcast very cool. content and yeah, yeah that's great yeah. Yeah. yeah so so what do you have planned for this uh this next year for yourself personally outdoors related are you going oh. to i forget do you fish i do fish yeah. yes yeah. um as far as being an angler it's one of those things where we were talking about hunting earlier i've probably like i've fished my whole life but i would not consider myself like like really good at it because I always just did it yeah. you know what I mean yeah. like yeah, no, I was just always like in the boat like I can you know I can do things fishing wise but I never like learned beyond what I knew do you know what I mean yeah. like yeah. if I were to go trout fishing yeah I wouldn't know like I could research it yeah but yeah. like yeah walleye northern crappie yeah you yeah. know like yeah. the basic things trolling in a boat that kind of thing or ice fishing jigging for walleyes or crappies like that yeah. kind of stuff like i know all the basics um but i wouldn't say like i'm a master angler yeah like yeah, you know yeah. like i like to do it and i like being outside and all that but i'm a generalist yes. I, i'm not i'm mm. not like an expert yeah in any of i don't <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't too. consider myself an expert but yes yeah, i do yeah, fish yeah <laughs> Do you it, talk a little bit about what was that uh, that women's fishing thing a few weeks ago? Oh or, yeah. yeah. So were you? Was I it was, a was part the of that. Spear, Was it the spearing one? That wasn't the spearing okay. one. That was okay. put on. That one was put on by Amanda Johnson. Correct. Yeah. Um, and the one that I went to was put on by Alicia Thompson. Okay. So she. It was the second year. It's called the Ladies Midwest Meetup. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So last year it was like fifteen girls, maybe twenty. Okay. This year it was like fifty. Okay, there's that's a lot right. of girls, and it was they had some big sponsors this year. Um, Striker was a sponsor. Um, they actually had like the the um, a bunch of reps from Striker were there. I think there was like what's it, the CEO or something like one of the, yeah some okay. pretty some higher up ladies were there. Yeah, yeah, and um, which was cool. Um, they had uh, they gave they gave away a striker suit. They had like a raffle at the end, um, and a auger, two different augers, a uh, strike master auger, you know, like the forty volts. Yeah, you know, nice. like exactly. I have that one. It's oh, so that's nice. That's pretty sweet. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I still great. have not gotten to uh, to lithium it. ion oh. uh, yet. I've still my my old gas one's still plugging away. My old strike master. When it dies, I I will convert to lithium ion. But yeah. For now, I got my old no, gas. No, I, I see. My problem is with that. I the first time I ever drilled the hole was with a jiffy. Yeah. Like a, a mm-hmm. big an old jiffy. Big old jiffy. Yeah. 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 And first of all. I'm like five six, yeah. but it's tall. Yeah, you know, it and it, I, we always have like ten inch augers, so yeah. it's heavy. That's a Very ten inch hole. Yeah, yes, it's a big auger. And yeah, then, and I'm like, I, I'm strong, but like the ice was, we had a lot of ice around here, so like we might have needed an extension on that. Yeah, yeah. But I got like sucked down the hole. <laughs> Basically, like I'm pushing down that hole. Well, I was like pushing it, you know, I was like drilling the hole, and then I'm wearing these big old gloves. Sorry, Um, big old gloves, and my thumb gets caught on the on the the gas on the throttle, and and it's so I'm down there, and my thumb is caught, and then I'm laying on my tummy because I'm like I don't want to let go, but my thumb is caught, and the water is just bubbling. Wow! And so that experience was like. I just need something different. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I'll do it. I bought the 
the, the strike volt. master yes. Yes. We, yes. Yeah. 10 we, inch but yeah yeah we still have a uh, jiffy power auger Dude, from, yeah. from 1979 that still cuts they still go yeah those things yeah. those are the workhorse those yeah, old jiffies. they are a workhorse but they are heavy Heavy yeah. and big, yeah. yeah. Heavy and big for yeah. sure. Well, it's so. like you get one hole. Like if you're ice fishing, you might as well pop like, I don't know, bunch holes. a yeah. bunch of holes. Yeah, yeah. But you can't do that. I can't do that with a jiffy. Yeah. Maybe one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> my daughter uh, tends to step in the hole at at the end of fishing every time we we go. Out. Yeah, exactly. Which I did when I was a kid too. I can, I still have a visceral memory of of it being in the side ice house out i think we were on mille Lacs, like and stepping around the stove inside the sleeper the sleeper uh, uh shack out there and going bloop right in the hole with my yellow snow boots oh. i could still see them and just like going down and just being terrified yeah you know thinking yeah. just one leg obviously but, but uh, down an angling hole yeah. yeah but it's winter and it's cold yeah and exactly you get yeah. Wet yeah. And you get a good yeah. dose and if you get wet yeah. you get cold yeah, my daughter's quick on getting her hands wet, like in the bait pail. It's like she likes the bait, and <laughs> yeah. so it's like, oh, absolutely. okay, it's like the one rule is okay, keep your mittens on, but the mittens come off, and her hands are in the bait pail as soon as they turn around. So, <laughs> well, at least she's not afraid of the bait. That's right. That's so, a good thing. That yeah. is an important thing. Just don't forget it in your closet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> did you do that? Was, I did. So I was telling Mark earlier today that I'd been fishing in New York uh, about two weeks ago. And uh, it was a Sunday afternoon, and we had plans that afternoon. So I rushed home, and I put the bait pail in the utility room, and I forgot about it. And it, I went back down about a week later, and it was a pretty good stench. Oh. You know? <laughs> but we were, you know, I found it, and uh, my wife didn't find it. So, like, I got it out of the house. And, you dodged uh, that one. I dodged okay. that one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've done that with uh, wax worms in the pocket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. At least those dry up. They yeah, don't they stink do. nearly yeah. as bad yeah. as minnows. Not no, quite. That's right. Not quite. <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever go out fishing on the big lake here? I have before. Yeah. Um, I, it depends on the year. Yeah. You know, um, I've gone. What The only thing I've caught is coho. Okay. So, yeah. And whitefish. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. I haven't caught any. I would love to catch, like, you know, a big trout or something yeah, yeah. Big lake trout exactly yeah did you go out with Gre- with greg my friend not greg with uh paul yeah I yeah did. that's right yeah. you did we caught was um, i with you was i with you on that you didn't make it on no that. okay um, okay no but you were did, around yeah, yeah yeah did you yeah. did you get anything on that i trip? caught a nice northern you did yeah. okay yeah okay. i can show you pictures it's oh, pretty great. nice it was a good no- it's a good northern um but we were in um the like the St. Louis River area because okay. it was pretty choppy okay. and then it stormed that day so he didn't want to take us out um, yeah. of that area. So I have not fished on St. Louis yet. I was just showing to Todd on the way in, just showing him the river and everything. It's like that is on my list because, uh, you know, the Minnesota Land Trust, which I'm on the board for, uh, along with DNR and other organizations, have just done some amazing restoration work on that river in recent years. And it's just such a fishery. Mm-hmm. It's just really cool. So uh want to get up and do that. Yeah. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. 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 So are you, uh, you got any plans for this fall, this coming fall for hunting? Um, to be determined, yeah. yes. And no, like there's things that I have on my list that are not planned yet. Like I would love to go to Alaska and I have some connections where I could maybe get caribou in Alaska, but there's a lot of planning that kind of goes into that too, especially it would be like more of a DIY with some guidance of someone who has done it kind of thing or that does it. Um, So that is a potential. I cannot say that I'm doing it, but it's a goal. Um, I'd love to go caribou hunting sometime. Yeah, that's, that's a bucket like, list yeah, kind of It's trip. a bucket list. Yeah. And I, I mean, I want to have another child someday too, so I have to like plan it out where it's like I don't want to be, Yeah. I don't know. So it's kind of like this fall, is, it's going to hopefully be a big fall because if I, if I have another child, then it will yeah. it will be within the next couple of years. You know what I mean? Yeah, so sure. Yeah, yeah. I have to figure it out. So, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, um not this fall, this last fall, but the fall before, I did a um, archery antelope hunt in South Dakota. Okay. DIY. Yeah. Public land. It was awesome, and we got very close. So I'd like to go back and seal the deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And we did it in October, which is like not what people normally do. Yeah. So are um, they usually earlier. Like, yeah. People yeah, are usually yeah. in August, and we were people were kind of looking at us like you're antelope hunting right yeah. now. 
everyone else was mule deer hunting. Yeah. Um, but no one was antelope hunting. So we, you know, like we, um, it was really hot that year. Yeah. Um, and so we just sat on a watering hole I was for just eight hours. Yeah. Okay. And because they weren't running or yeah. anything, so mm-hmm. we couldn't really do a whole lot there. But we got, we had a whole bunch come in and um if things would have gone a little differently just with my hunting partner and i it was another girl that i was with um we could have sealed the deal it just didn't work out so yeah 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 so yeah. I, it's one of but, those things where i want to do it again but pretty I, close yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and a we, cool trip sounds yeah. like yeah it was just me and another girl and we took a camper out there and i don't know it was cool it Fun. was awesome yeah. oh that's that sounds great yeah and yeah. I don't hunt a whole lot of public land here because I hunt, um, well, like if I bird hunt, I would, but um, we hunt mostly hunt on, on the farm, the farm. Right? yeah, because yeah, yeah, there's, exactly. there's like 1,300 acres on the farmland, yeah. and so it's a chunk of land where there's there's good grouse and no one else is hunting it, so it's <laughs> like, it's where we mostly go we goose hunt on it we're right on like there's a field by a lake there's oat fields like it's it's pretty set up for hunting to to be able to do that i'm pretty lucky and there's an element of coolness to be able to 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 take to harvest food off of your own property like if you're a landowner steward right you have that farm and to be able to say that that the wild food that you eat too also comes off of that land that you're a good steward for you know, there's just, it's, it's a nice feeling. It is. Yeah. I remember one summer, um, like towards August, my father-in-law was like, yeah, everything here is from, we gr- either grew mm-hmm. from the garden or, or it was like a raised on the farm or mm-hmm. hunted. So like there's some meals where it's like literally everything from the potatoes to like the vegetable, you know, everything yeah, is that's from, pretty cool. You know, yeah. grown or harvested somehow. So it's cool. It is. Yeah. It's yeah. really cool. So it, do you have any advice for how, your daughter is how old now? She's eight months. Eight months. Yes. Nice. <laughs> so any advice for uh, either women or or men who have young young daughters that uh, or 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 sons uh, to get be, them out there? Yeah, exactly. And and I guess just to manage, maybe like what are the what are the what are the complicating factors? You know, Todd yeah. has kids, I have yeah. kids. Yeah, so like, that's what I was thinking too. Is like how like with a with an eight month old and you and your husband hunt, right? Both yeah. of you hunt. So how do you manage that uh, together? with your scheduling yeah so i guess this fall um we i have my parents here with and his parents are here so we both have so we're lucky in that way not everyone lives near their family or has family that's willing to take care of your children um so that's where we're lucky but otherwise we do like trade off too so Mm -hmm. like he knows that i like to hunt and i know that he likes to hunt and um so like like goose hunting this year my mom came over in the morning, which she's not a morning person, but she came over early so that she could watch my daughter, which was very great. I was very grateful for that. Um, but it's like, I don't get to go every weekend then, you know, it's like, I'm not expecting, like I get to go every weekend hunting because I know it's not realistic, you know? So Mm -hmm. you just kind of have to have those realistic expectations. And if you're, if your kid is to a point where you can take them hunting, you also have to be realistic in your expectations because they're probably not going to last long. It might not be a very, it'll be successful in a different way. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 For sure. You yeah. Know, so yeah. I haven't gotten to the point where I've taken Holland hunting yet because it gets cold in Northern Minnesota and I'm not taking a, at that point, four month old out right. in right. those type of elements. Um, yeah. but potentially Turkey hunting some, at some point we might go out and walk around and yeah. you know try to especially if i'm archery hunting if i'm shotgun hunting i probably wouldn't but yeah that's just a personal thing yeah, yeah. um yeah. so yeah. yeah how old were your kids like when you introduced like just taking them out to you you know I, so this last fall so our son is 10 uh, our daughter uh, is eight going on nine and so this last fall uh, our son, w- this was his first hunt where he he killed uh, a, a duck for the first time. So it was, mm. his, it was his first harvest, and it was great. Um, prior to that, it was you know I'd take him out in the woods when he were probably three, four. Yeah, just walking around. Uh, yep. I've got this video. Oh my gosh, I've got this video of our son. I'm out with him up at our hunting shack, walking through the woods. We're doing a little scouting, 
and he's and he's and he's walking through and it, we were it was this fresh cutting area it was that fall when i told yeah. you when they when they not oh, cleared by cut, but camp, cleared right by, by my exactly right mm-hmm. by my cabin we're surrounded by public land and so the county had cut and harvested all this red pine this beautiful spans of red pine and um and so we're walking through and there's this there's this branch from this from this uh, red pine sitting down on the ground and he picks it up and he's like you know two and a half feet tall mm. And he's walking through, and I'm just videotaping him with my phone. And he and he's there's this branch that's probably two two feet mm-hmm. off the ground. And he grabs it and he lifts it up and he climbs underneath it. And then he turns around, and he looks at me, he holds it up, and he goes, "Come on!" <laughs> like he's holding it up like two and a half feet off the ground. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I have to go under this." <laughs> yeah, that is so. <laughs> So, yeah, no, it's not, you know, getting the kids outside when they're young, just walking around, going for hikes, I think is key. You know, we we go agate picking, you know, going mushrooming. Our kids love finding morels. Um, But then, you know, getting them out. To Just, actually hunt, you know, yeah. around nine, ten, I think yeah, it's you know yeah. a good age. It's early, but but like yeah. our son, it was a huge deal. He driving back from the duck hunt up up north, on uh, Thief Lake, of a, a friend uh, Greg, who I've told you about. He has he has a cabin up there, and he invited us up, and uh, we're driving back, long drive, and a couple hours into the drive, and my son looks over at me and he said, Dad. I know why Evie likes her bow so much right now. Like she loves to, our daughter shoots mm-hmm. archery and got just got her bow for a new bow for Christmas. He said, "Cause I can't stop thinking about the shotgun and 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 hunting the ducks." And <laughs> yeah. it's just like, yes, that is cool. you know, <laughs> yeah, that is cool. Yeah, How about you? similar, yeah, similar for me. So our daughter's seven; she's going to be eight this summer, and I think like we introduced her to the outdoors in general through camping so like one of our traditions is camping in the summertime and so i think we just she's always been camping as long as she's been alive you know she just kind of got immersed into that and then that's like going out in the canoe and it's like hiking around the campsite and so that was kind of like the entryway and then i'd say you know ice fishing on nice days but managing it for fun levels mm-hmm. so that you know it's an hour or two at a time and just not overdoing it and then i that's was, key you right know, there. so keeping it fun keeping her engaged having other things for her to do snacks snacks lots of snacks <laughs> lots of hot cocoa and then um, her first she was with my father and i on a hunt um when she was probably six or so that was probably about the first time but that was just a walk in the woods you know that was really with the guns and all but we were really just taking her out yeah and looking at deer tracks and so forth so yeah yeah i did buy her uh, a bb gun um last year for christmas okay and it was so cute because like she knows like in the house like the seriousness of the guns being in the safe and everything and everything's locked up and off limits and so when she opened that it was a christmas present when she opened it up her eyes got big and she's like dad you're gonna need to handle this she's like i don't want to you know i don't want i'm i don't uh, you know there was an element of like you need to from a safety standpoint of like yeah yeah, this this so like but what we've done is like we've never loaded this and so it's just been carrying it like we've carried it like when i go out and put a hunting blind up and it's just not all the time but just occasionally just like getting her used to it mm-hmm. and it might be a few years before we start plinking cans yeah. i don't know yeah but uh, just kind of like gradually getting her into it exactly been, and i think yeah. like you said taking them out and like even you know i i, I took our, our son out in the, in the there's a youth waterfall uh weekend here in minnesota and i take i took him out for a couple of years just in the blind with his cousin who is who is old enough to hunt and just to sit there and just to be part of it and then it was taking the bb gun with like you yeah. said and then just like okay see if you can hit that cattail over there and just the yeah. idea it was the, the excitement of yeah, having of having having that red rider yeah long, exactly you know? <laughs> that's right that's it. And that's exactly what it is yeah <laughs> good old red rider <laughs> Uh, well, Allie, any, anything else? Like, again, you got some exciting things coming up. I can't wait to see the things that you're going to launch with Empower Outdoors. Where, where should people go if they want to learn more about what you're doing? So um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. On Instagram, I'm Allie Up North. And then Empower Outdoors is also another page that I have um, for the Empower Outdoors podcast. Um, so you can follow me there. And then also on Facebook, um, 
I'm actually Allie Jutine on Facebook, which I'm, I've been debating whether or not I should change that to Allie Up North, but um, Jutine is J-U-T-E-N. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it, but that's what it is. Um, and then also Empower Outdoors on Facebook. And then um, the website that will be for, that's coming, is empoweroutdoors.com. And then currently, I have alleyupnorth.com as well, which will continue to be, um, but I'm transitioning some of that content over to empoweroutdoors.com. It's so, great. Yeah. It's great stuff. Yeah. 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 And I've been, so I'm from New York and I think I've been following your Instagram for maybe a couple of years. Oh, really? So yeah, it's been a while. Huh. So you have a good presence even oh. outside of Minnesota. Well, thank you. Yeah, sure. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I can't uh, thank you both enough for being here today and, and having this conversation. Todd, uh, thanks so much coming coming from New York and, and being yeah. part of this and uh, getting a little flavor for Minnesota. Yeah, I'm going to say that uh, it's been an amazing experience being here in Minnesota on a, on a few levels. Like Pheasant Fest was incredible, meeting a lot of passionate people, like just getting the energy of all the great conservation work and the habitat work that's happening out here and then being able to come up here and see the natural landscapes and the beauty and just like all the opportunities that you folks have like you've got lake superior here and you've got all this fishing opportunity and you've got grouse and you've got dogs and you've got farms and you've got you know deer hunting and turkey hunting and there's so much here uh for folks that want to get involved in the outdoors it's so neat to see um that, that, that there's such a legacy like that here in minnesota best outdoor town in the in the country right what was yeah. that magazine oh, yeah. that, that, that one yeah a few years Duluth? ago something yeah. like that yeah, yeah. yeah exactly cool. yeah you'll have to come back yeah Fat bikes and everything yeah, like exactly. that <laughs> so i think i'll come back it'll come be back a lot of good hiking too yeah, yeah. Absolutely. so we were out today um up up north of two harbors and so we were snowshoeing on some beautiful I'm trails glad you had snowshoes. yeah <laughs> so uh but but i mean these trails were just immaculate i mean they were groomed they were nice so well maintained maintained and it was i mean the woods were snowy and fresh snow on the balsam boughs and it was just amazing it was a fun morning beautiful yeah did you take some pictures yes yeah. okay. absolutely yeah. beautiful morning it was a lot of fun so <laughs> Well, thank you so much, and uh, we'll do it again soon, okay? Yes, thank you for having me on the show. Thanks for listening to the Modern Carnivore Podcast. You can continue the journey by going to modcarn.com.